This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. You were talking about kind of a previous work that you were working on in a special case. Menopause is huge. Yes. Tell us a little bit about the uncovering of this consumer tension that uh, really was the driver of the work that you were doing for a product that you created and helped really bring to market. Yeah, so for P&G Ventures, we try to find true consumer tensions as opposed to invent consumer tensions that then we can solve. <laughs> right. And we did a um, we saw that there was a demographic shift happening um, for the first time in our world history. We have more women over the age of 45 than under the age of 45. And we came in with this open, humble question of what does that mean? And so we conducted a bunch of interviews with women over the age of 45, um, specifically wanting to poke at their experience through menopause. And we quickly came to the understanding that menopause is not that flippant, Kathy comic strip impression that we all have where, okay, a woman gets sweaty every once in a while. Isn't that funny? And then it's all hunky-dory. That there was truly... Um, layers and layers of physical symptoms, cognitive um, symptoms, and emotional symptoms that women around the world were experiencing. Um, And we also saw that, you know what, no one's addressing these issues, no one's talking about these issues, and there certainly was not a robust DTC consumer mm-hmm. goods. It, DTC, um, just for our listeners. <laughs> One of the things at P&G is there's all kinds of acronyms flying around, but DTC is direct-to-consumer. Direct-to-consumer, mm-hmm. over-the-counter. That market wasn't there. So these women not only were talking about how they felt isolated and alone, um, and certainly nobody wants to talk about menopause, they also didn't have any readily available products to help them contend with the symptoms of menopause. And so it's interesting, right? Because it's like this is something that has minute biology hasn't changed, right? Right? The how we we we're living longer, mm-hmm. right? And so we have a we have a different perspective. Talk a little bit about this perspective. Menopause is there. It's a problem, not a problem. It is a a situation, mm-hmm. and it's a non disease based situation right. that all women will face. Right. right. Yeah. And the remarkable thing to the 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 improvement of our life expectancy, the average woman in a developed nation will spend a third of her a life third. in menopause. And what has changed, like you said, is not the biology. This experience has been going on, you know, basically since humans have have been around. Um, but the attention to it has changed um or the tension to it has not been there because, as you said already, menopause is not a disease state. So there currently is no incentive with our current healthcare system to address it because our current healthcare system is all motivated by curing diseases curing. and mm-hmm. treating diseases. Treating and curing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the uncovering was there's a lot of suffering, but no one's paying attention to it for a couple reasons. One, not a disease state, so the medical necessity it doesn't seem relevant um, to the healthcare industry. Two, there's a lot of stigma around talking about menopause because um, it's the point at which right a woman can no longer reproduce. And so long in our culture, a woman's worth has been tied to her reproductive status. And so signaling out loud that you are officially old is a very difficult um, a de- very difficult statement for for women to make. And I think this has just perpetuated a culture of suffering and silence, where even between women and generations of women, 
there's not that sharing of this is what I'm experiencing, this is what you will experience, and especially not the level that you see women sharing their experience of going through puberty or their or menstruation. And so it's been basically this um, tightly held secret for many, many years. But as you mentioned, with the demographic changes, with people living longer, this experience becoming um, a larger and larger percentage of a woman's life and our cultural shifts in what's okay to talk about, we are seeing this opening um, uh, to address these solutions. And from a PNG perspective, we want to address these solutions or these issues in a non-prescription-based way. So you created a product. And so it was a lot of analysis, qualitative, talking to women mm-hmm. uh, who are experiencing this, the symptoms. Uh, you created a product called Kendra. Mm-hmm. And so tell us a little bit how you, you identified those, those key things that you needed to include as part of the solution and how, and how you just did, how you got people to, how you got to people start thinking the, the shy to buy. I love this, this phrase that you use a lot, Pam, the notion that get destigmatizing mm-hmm. this. So talk us through this process. Yeah. So mon- uh, menopause is a, is a monster. It's a bear <laughs> of a, right. There's so many things going on. So how, like, what is our way in? So we saw not only there was a plethora of physical symptoms to contend with, but also these emotional ones. And so we knew that if we didn't address the emotional um, issues of feeling afraid and isolated and alone and ashamed, we would never help women deal with the physical symptoms. And so we built this proposition where we knew we wanted to be a brand that stood for all menopause, not just a specific symptom, um, but then also could deliver effective sort of breakthrough products that could be um, purchased without a prescription. And so as we surveyed the physical symptoms, really honed in on, we believe we have a breakthrough product to address vaginal dryness, which is uh, a symptom that only worsens with time. Mm -hmm. Um, But as a menopause brand, we also knew we had to address hot flashes and mood swings and sort of those uh, signpost symptoms that women most readily associate with menopause so that we wouldn't be pigeonholed as only a vaginal health brand. Um, And luckily, internally, we had technology that we felt we could leverage fairly quickly to get a breakthrough proposition in front of consumers to help address vaginal dryness. And this is the reason, just to interrupt real quickly, Pam, this is the reason why you talked about the importance of having that architecture, that deep institutional knowledge and set of resources and skills to be able to identify the need and react to it very quickly. A, A startup coming from scratch could never have this kind of accelerated trajectory of coming up with the solution, right? Correct. Absolutely, yeah. The fact that we were able to leverage... Um, technology from femcare, technology from beauty care, um, technology from personal health care with the supplements. We were able to basically, um, we call it share and reapply so, or copy paste in outsider parlance to put together this, what we thought was a winning proposition. And so uh, what I love about this is that, you know, you're, you're working very quickly. Tell us a little bit about, so Kendra, K-I-N-D-R-A mm-hmm. is the name of the brand. Tell us a little bit about the brand ethos. Yeah. So again, P&G brand builders, it's not just about the product. There has to be more to, to drive preference. Uh, so we developed the brand building framework where our purpose, the reason why we existed, was to end the silent suffering of menopause. It was very, very purposeful in making that our purpose because I knew we needed to both address the silent part and the suffering. So the silent is the conversation and the taboo. So how do we get women to talk about it and acknowledge that they need help, that they need And then the suffering, how do we actually effectively help with the physical symptoms that she's experiencing? Um, So we, our benefit statement 
as a brand is that we are here to equip women to reclaim their bodies from the symptoms of menopause. And again, very specific language around that because we always want to make sure that the woman was the hero, right? We're equipping her. She has all the power and the agency to, to figure this out. We just are giving her tools. And then reclaim her body was important because what we didn't want to ever have her feel is that her body or menopause was the villain. Villain, The symptoms themselves were the villain because she'll always have her body and she'll always be from this point forward in menopause until she's no longer with us. And so we can't, those things can't be the villain. Those are not the issue. It's the issue of the symptoms. Listeners, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Pam Geist, a senior brand manager of Procter & Gamble, uh, former Wharton student and guru of brand managing and creating the brand, bringing it to the people, making their lives better. Uh, super excited to have you on the program. So tell us a little bit. So Kendra is the name of the product. It's been developed to address the stigmatized perception of uh, the symptoms, the, the symptoms of menopause. Uh, you developed the brand. You work worked it out there's there's a, and this is all direct to consumer currently how do consumers get learn more about Kendra Yes, yeah, so all direct to consumer and we specifically did direct to consumer for two reasons one consumer led so as you said we this is a shy to buy product a shy to buy topic so making that one to one connection we felt was crucial and the second reason was strategic it was the beauty of DTC is that you can fully understand the impact of your marketing funnel. I know who I reached. I know what behaviors they took afterwards. I know who bought and can really develop some really very rich and instantaneous learnings and insights about how my communication strategy is being received by consumers and what I might need to adjust to optimize my go-to-market plan. And you have, a, you have a term for this. What's the term for this, this uh, approach to, uh, to, to testing? What, what do you call this? Yeah, our shorthand, TLE, TLE. or uh -huh. Transactional Learning Experiment. Mm -hmm. So we believe that the golden standard for learning in market is an exchange of dollars and products. Uh, and so we have very much adopted the startup mentality of it's okay to go to the market with a MVP, minimum viable product, mm -hmm. So, which is a huge departure for P&G because we like to be perfect. We like to know all the things <laughs> right. and have all the guarantees before we launch something. Because mm -hmm. you're good at scale. We're good at scale. You're really good at scale, yeah. And if you're going to put something in 3,800 Walmart stores with that whole supply chain, you better be sure that whatever you're putting out there is 100% correct. Mm -hmm. Complete departure in ventures where you're learning as you go. Learning as you go. Mm -hmm. And so this freedom of a minimum viable product sold direct to consumer where you, can, you need to test and learn on variables, but it still enables you to have that transaction. Because at the end of the day, all humans, we know this, what we say we will do and what we actually do right. are two very different things typically. And so we feel like we can't truly know if we've learned something substantial on the product unless we can have that exchange of, of money and product. And so this is a very scientific approach because this TLE approach, tra transactional mm -hmm. learning, learning experiment. experiment, transactional learning experiment, I love that, TLE. This approach literally means in a closed loop, in a controlled setting, we're going to send messages to different Perspective, uh, different personas, mm -hmm. different different segments, mm -hmm. and we're going to see to what extent do our different messages, based on our understanding of having done the work on trying to sociologically unpack their needs yeah. and different problems that they have associated with menopause, how they might respond to a specific message in terms of clicking through and actually transacting with us to uh, to, to buy our product, right? Mm -hmm. And it, I, what I love about it, and I think it's also the spirit of your of your class, 
this is a brand new way to market, but it's leveraging all the same fundamentals. And so we did these, you know, hours and hours and hours of consumer research, and we thought we had these really deep human insights. Mm -hmm. But now we have to, like, prove that we, we're not just <laughs> talking, you know, in our ivory tower. I mean, like, these women do this. <laughs> now we have to test our hypotheses of we believe these certain segments would be interested in our product. Let's try to identify them via Facebook targeting. And then once you identify who you're talking to, the next step in marketing is figure out what you need to say to them to be persuasive. And once you find, figure that out, the next level is how do you deliver that message in order to reach these people and persuade them to try the product? And so it's a way to sort of disaggregate and test and learn on that the brand building fundamentals that haven't changed. It's just the way through which we learn what the right brand building framework is, has. Very, very cool. Pam, thanks so much for joining us tonight. It was great to have you on the show, and I hope you'll come back again. Absolutely. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.